Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrantz and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's Dash Radio show. I'm Dawn Wright to Bronx. We have Peter Mingles here. Peter's here. Peter's here. And we have Mr. Scott Allen for his second part in a three part series about MLMs. How are you, Scott? I'm fantastic. No, no, no. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm awesome. <laughs> we just learned what that meant, so yeah. we're we're in the special club. <laughs> so, Scott, last week, for all those people out there who didn't listen, and um, you missed a great show, you should go back and listen. But for for those people, we went over a little bit of, oh, hold on, just hold on, maybe it's this. Tell me if I corrected the double audio. Did that fix it? There was a little bit of an echo, but it wasn't noticeable, and it seemed to go away. So I think we're okay. Okay. Well, I think I just muted Axel. So, Axel, we're getting some echo. If uh, <laughs> Oh, Scott's still getting a double audio. So we should go ahead and fix that super quick, guys. Hold on a second. Let me see what's happening. I don't know what it could possibly be. Hold on. If Hold he's on. calling in on an Internet phone, that could be it. He just might have to hang up and dial back in. Okay. How about now? Did I just fix it? I think I just fixed it. I probably, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I think I just fixed it. Okay, it was you. <laughs> you can't Skype me. I can't read and talk at the same time. And take the I'm talented, but well, I'm not multitask like that. <laughs> I can't be Skype and listening to our conversation and then also have the show page open in my browser. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. Okay, and here I was blaming poor Alex. Okay, so back to everybody. Thank you for paying attention during our technical difficulties. Um, for those of you who didn't hear an echo, there wasn't one, so you don't have to tap your, your phones and your computers anymore. And uh, back to this, Scott Allen did a fantastic show last week on what's so great about MLM. This week is all about what's not so great about MLM. And Scott wanted to make sure that we did a little disclaimer on here. So, so Scott, give the little disclaimer so anybody who's a big leader in multi-level marketing isn't going to hang up and not send this to their groups and not listen through. Well, the disclaimer <laughs> is is that for, for every issue I'm going to raise this week, I'm going to present a solution next week. So rather than try to sit there and just go back and forth, back and forth with problem solution, problem solution, I just thought we'd have a to just have a bitch fest for an hour <laughs> about all the things that can be screwed up in you know in this industry and and might might drop at least a few hints at some of those solutions, but we'll get into into more depth next week as far as you know really how to dig in and address address those things. That's perfect, and so, so you have to come back. The, uh, yeah, absolutely come back. And for those of you who are in MLM, which I've been for 26, 27 years, I know that Peter's been in for a nice chunk of time, been been prevalent in the industry as well, and I know that Scott has as well. 
Um, guys, we can all look at our industry honestly. And so, you know, there are things that are fantastic and there are things that are really rough. And we can say that about any industry on the planet. This is the one that we're talking about right now. So for those of you who are completely in the honeymoon phase of MLM and you haven't seen any of this yet, just trust us that it exists (laughs) and we'll carry on. (laughs) All right, Scott, that's the disclaimer. You have your intro. Let's go ahead and move on this. What are the things that aren't so great? I'm going to start off with what I alluded to last week, and this is actually – the article I did about this for about.com has been, for, was for a long time, actually the number one search result on Google for network marketing. So it obviously clicked with a lot of people when, when I said this, and, and, and it clicked with both critics and, um, and advocates. And it was simply this, that the very thing, one of the very things that makes uh, MLM so attractive is the fact that just about anybody can do it. But guess what? That means that there's a very low barrier to entry. So that means that just about anybody tries to do it. And, you know, as we kind of <laughs> laughed about last week, I said, you know, I mean, all you got to do is watch, um, you know, American Idol auditions or so you think you can dance auditions or anything like that to realize that just because somebody wants something, even just because they're passionate about it, even if they put a lot of time into it, doesn't necessarily mean that they have any knack for it, any natural talent for it whatsoever. Um, now, there's and there's also an argument to be made. You know, that a lot of people will tell you, "Well, hey, that's okay. You can get into MLM and just follow the system. Just learn to do it." Guess what? Some people are not teachable. Some people are absolutely <laughs> not teachable. You can so. you can you can <laughs> hold their finger over the words and have them read it aloud, and they still won't get it. And uh, and there are more of those people who are coming into MLM than any other industry because guess what they can just keep doing it. You know if they're buying the products if they're buying the products because they like them well they're a distributor and they're going to be a distributor forever and basically as long as they don't you know do some sort of major uh, compliance violation they'll get keep to call themselves a distributor forever and. And and bugging all their friends and posting ridiculous stuff on Facebook and and um, and selling you know one or you know signing up one or two people a year, none of whom ever take off because they don't know how to train them. So and, and there's a lot of that out there. I mean, <laughs> the you know the the probably the biggest pro- the biggest problem with network marketing is some network marketers. You know, if you sit there and look, you know, one of the things we um. Uh, and I'll kind of tie this together. Uh, one, one of the things is there's, there's an issue with reputation, with the reputation of the industry. Uh, you know, even though it has, you know, had some really major gains over the last few years and more people are involved with it than ever before, all you got to do is get some things like this uh, this Herbalife case, you know, this Herbalife case where where for no good reason some short sellers are going after them. You know, you get a couple of things that, that just get people, you know, get people antsy, get people nervous about it. Whether and a lot of times, whether it's even rightfully so or not, and um, you know, and then people start uh, start you know, just having sort of a general, slightly more negative impression of the industry than they do with others, and that's uh, that's one of the other problems with it is that there is a negative impression to overcome. Um, you know, the 
the odds that you're going to go and tell all your friends and family, oh, I've signed up for a company XYZ, and they're going to go, wow, that's awesome. Well, tell me about their products and the business opportunity. Um, the odds of that are you know, less than 50%. Um, you know, when we found, we did some analysis, my company, uh, you know, Momentum Factor, we do, we do work with um, reputation management. And uh, honestly, we were, we decided we'd start, we'd just kind of do, we were going to do some prospecting work. And we'd, uh, we'd figure out uh, uh, what companies in the industry, you know, how many companies in the industry had a, um, had a reputation issue. And guess what? 88%. 88% of the top direct selling companies have at least one negative search result on page one for a search for their brand name. Okay? Wow. That's, not, that's not true in any other industry that we could find. Now, that's not to say that the negative is not there in other industries. It's just not on page one, right? Um, so it's not that there's really any more negative talk there's just not as much positive slash neutral talk about it. So, um, so you've got an, you know, uh, an image, to, uh, an image to come over there. But, you know, really, I think one of the the, the if that's causing those reputation issues, in the vast majority of those cases, in the vast majority of those cases where there's a, a reputation issue, it's caused not actually by something that the company did, but by distributors who are um, violating compliance. The vast majority of them were due to distributors violating compliance and making income claims or product claims or, um, em, you know, empl employing deceptive advertising techniques, uh, you know, listing things as jobs when they're a business opportunity, uh, just all these kinds of things that, um, and, and that's so when I say that, you know, one of the biggest problems with network marketing is network marketers, that's absolutely the case. You've got to deal with the fact that, that there's a lot, you know, there's a few, um, there's, a, there's, there's a few actually bad actors out there. Most of them are just incompetent actors. Um, <laughs> and, and, and some of the companies turned a blind eye to it because some of the compliance stuff, some of the compliance stuff, you know, it, it works. <laughs> you know, if people are signing up when you're stretching the truth about the product or the income claims, I mean, people like to see a check. People like, I mean, it's, it's a drag that we can't sit there and show people what our checks are because people really like to see a check and go, wow, I could have a check like that too. And they go, it's real, you know. And so it's, it's, it's a little difficult that, you know, some of the constraints that there are on product claims. But, so that's the number one problem with uh, MLM and network marketing is is some of the people that it attracts. Absolutely, I, I'm going to say here, here, amen, and you can say that twice. <laughs> 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 um, there, there, there are some definite sharks in the water, and there are some definite people who just don't like to pay attention to the rules or to the laws or to taking care of other people. As part as the entire premise of, of network marketing, and as people like myself and Peter are out there, and all we do every day is how can we give more value than we receive in money, and you know how can we do for others all day every day? It's all we think about, and I, I'm saying that 
for both of us, Peter, because I know we're both dialed into that um, very equally. Well, I had to, um, I had to unscrew my microphone. So, <laughs> always something talking, with you and technology. Yeah, Scott, so I had to unscrew my microphone because otherwise it might start me. blurting out things wildly <laughs> as Scott is on a. <laughs> well, so yeah, the, and the thing that kind of goes <laughs> along with this is, is that. You know, is that people get into it thinking, you know, kind of one of the other, you know, the one of the lies, one of the myths of, of network marketing is, you know, that you don't have to, you know, that, yeah, yeah, anybody can do it, but then that basically that all you got to do is learn this repeatable system and just go out and do that. And the fact of the matter is, is you're just not going to get very far with that. That might get you started, might get you traction. But if you're going to if you're going to expect this to turn into a business, then you have to treat it like a business. If you want to be treated like a business owner, then you have to act like a business owner. And guess what every business owner does? They wear multiple hats. They learn how to sell. They learn how to market. They learn how to uh, write effective emails. They learn how to engage in in conversation appropriately in a business networking setting. Mm -hmm. They learn how to to take to keep good track of their numbers. They need to learn about cash flow. They learn about the concept of expected value. Um so they know whether it makes sense for them to make uh, you know a certain investment in tools or marketing or leads or whatever it may be. Um you know and and a lot of people never do that. I mean <laughs> Peter, especially, you know, imagine how many people can you go up to who are network marketers and say, what's your average cost per customer acquisition? And they'll know. Yeah, well, yeah. If they say anything, they're just continuing to perpetuate the lies that are coming out of their mouth. <laughs> right. They and, have no clue. Fact, but, but, you know, I mean, any no entrepreneur, any any successful entrepreneur you know, nine out of ten successful entrepreneurs can the owner of the company can tell you that number because <laughs> you have to know you have to know how much it costs you on average to know what marketing you can afford and what marketing you can't and what you can afford to spend your time on and what you can't. That's true. Okay. Hey, Don, okay. I don't know. I don't know if we've lost Axel. No, we have not. He's probably tapping his watch going, okay, they're not paying attention to my notifications. (laughs) (laughs) So it is totally time to go ahead and listen to a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. 
and like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. Okay, so whoever has their speakers unmuted, you have to mute your speakers. <laughs> We're getting that double audio again. Not me. It's not me either. Axel. Not me. It's not him either. Where is this Good coming year. from? <laughs> All right. So this is just going to be one of those episodes. Um, we're going to let you talk, Scott. We'll see if it happens when you talk. <laughs> oh, okay. better. It's better. Okay. Fixed again. <laughs> okay. So, everybody, we are back with only one audio track running, and uh, we appreciate you guys sticking through it. Um, Peter has told you guys more than once that, you know, we're a brand-new radio show, and sometimes we learn things live and on the air. Like, where's that ra- <laughs> where's that coming from? So thanks for your patience. And we are back with Mr. Scott Allen, who is talking about what's so, not so great about MLMs. Um, and we were just talking about the people and how anybody can absolutely join an MLM, and they can join many MLMs, and they can bring as many people into those businesses with them as they want to, and they cannot know a thing about having to how to run a business. Um, so that can be a real, real issue. And, and for many who have ever heard me preach about this on, on uh, network marketing calls and training calls, it, one of the most critical things a person can do is to absolutely be just as picky about their sponsor in a business and their upline as they are in the company itself that they choose to join. Is that not correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and if and if you've got an upline that's not supporting you, um, go over their heads. Mm-hmm. You, your position, you may end up support you know, you may end up still making somebody money for somebody who's not supporting you, but I guarantee you their immediate upline I mean if you keep going, you're gonna find someone who's gonna help you. I mean, I've seen this I've seen this over and over again, you know, when we when this is something you know, we, we have to advise people when we're doing managing social media for a company. If someone comes on the, the company's Facebook page and goes, I need help, first advice, that's our first advice is, is you know, talk to your sponsor. If you can't get help from them, talk to their immediate upline. And guarantee you within two or three people, you're going to find someone who's going to sit down and, and work it out with you. And you got to do that. I mean, you, yeah, you can go, you can try to figure it out on your own. You can read the policies and procedures, you can watch all the training stuff, but you need to get connected with a real person who's making it work. Absolutely. And and they're always there. And they're sometimes they're, they're 15 levels above the guy that lived next door to you. They got you into the business. Sometimes they're the upline presidential or whatever that might be called. You know, um, I talk about my, my tenure in AOLA which was uh, many, many years ago, like um, I don't know how many, maybe t- maybe 20. And um, I think it was about 20, maybe maybe 17 years ago. And I my sponsor was an Electrolux salesman, and he was over, he was like probably 350 pounds, almost 400 pounds when he came to my door sweating. I thought he was going to have a heart attack on my front porch. He was taking an ephedra-based supplement that Aola carried, and he starts to tell me the story because I, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. I was inviting him into my house to get him out of the sun, and uh, and he showed me his belt, and he said, it's just this new product I'm taking. It never lets me stop sweating, but I'm losing all this weight, and it's all of this wonderful thing, and, of course, I bought it from him instantly, 
and got on the products. Now, he was really great as a salesperson. He was a direct sales guy who ended up in MLM. He was not an MLM guy. So, you know, he could sell a product to anybody, but actually, you know, building a team and supporting that team was not his forte. Well, I ended up being introduced to people and introduced to people till I met my upline presidential, and then I met Scott Poland, who was a guest here a few weeks ago, who was actually, you know, the right arm and an author of the top earner in the company. And between my upline presidential and Scott Poland, um, I built a fantastic business, and they taught me everything I needed to know. Um, I might, I, Scott, Scott Poland never earned a dime on me, but, you know, 20 years later, we're still the closest of friends and we're still working together on other projects. So it's, it's network marketing and it's all about relationships and nine out of 10 times the people that you're going to click with and that you're going to work best with might not even, you might not even be where they're going to make money on you, but there are people who give and train and care in network marketing. You just have to go find them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cause, and and the thing is, you know, there's so many, you know, the way the different comp plans work. I mean, there's so many different ways they can get paid on, you know, on on team bonuses and different and all kinds of different things. So, um, and 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 just the fact of, you know, just having a success story for the company has value for them. So, I mean, they always want to see someone, if you know. A story for the company that they can hold up and 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 recognize and and you know that's good. Those are people you know kind of one of the things a lot of people don't realize is that, you know that's a win-win. That's good for everybody. When one person in the in a company succeeds, it's good for everybody in that company. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All well, right. The, then. Uh, well, you know, one of the things that, that that kind of comes along with that is you know leading leading out of that is is um, this idea, this idea that everyone is your prospect. Um, some one of the traditional concepts of of MLM is this: is may have, people may have heard of what's called the three foot rule, which is that anybody within three feet of you is a prospect. Boy, there is no sure way to give your, you know, get get yourself labeled as an obnoxious network marketer uh, than to practice that. Now. Uh, when when I did my article for uh, you know seven years ago for Networking Times, I said you know let's make a variation of that. Let's make it that anybody within three feet of you is somebody worth talking to and getting to know. Awesome, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. and and you know all the classic networking things. I mean, again, I don't want to get too much into the solutions, but you know, listen more than you talk. But the idea that everyone is a prospect, I mean, it's just, it's simply not true. Um, there are, even if you have a very broad-based, you know, a broad-based product, um, you may not be able to tell who's interested, uh, you know, off of the basis of a quick conversation. You know, hi, I'm a dentist. Hi, I'm a nutritional consultant. And, that you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're interested in your product. So, um so you know you, you've got to uh, you know but you, you've got to, you've got to get rid of this idea that everyone is a prospect and it's it's not true in any business it's not true in network marketing and if you learn to identify who your ideal customers are and spend more time with people like that 
you'll end up it's just the law of numbers you'll just you'll end up more meeting more people who are qualified but just you know take the time to get to know them but don't think that this that everyone is a prospect now along with that another one of the another one of these things is is um you know another one of the lies that just gets told over and over again is this isn't a sales job you just share you just share what you do uh, you know, you just share the product. Well, first of all, there's a lot of people that would argue that that's selling. <laughs> if you if you present <laughs> something with a bias, that's selling. Now, I think the the problem is, you know, that that not so much uh, network marketing isn't selling. That MLM isn't selling so much as that some people have this kind of weird, old-fashioned idea of what selling is. I think we need to shift our idea of what selling is. But um, but if you're just totally uncomfortable, you know, talking to people, presenting to people, um, you know, showing the advantages of, of you know, of a product, et cetera, um, you know, and if you're going to be self-conscious about that, you know, for forever, then um, this isn't the business for you. Because uh, you're going to have to do that, and you're going to have to do it over and over and over and over again. Uh, now you'll get better at it. You'll get more comfortable with it. You'll, you know, you'll redefine, um, you know, you'll redefine exactly what, uh, you know, what it is for you, and find the way that works for you. But you know, if you think that you're not going to have to sell, and also along with that, if you think you're not going to have to market, because uh, you know, this is one of the biggest things. Um, uh, let's see if we can squeeze this in here before we get to the break. But one of the biggest lies is this, is this idea of, you know, just start with the list, right? What happens is that, so the list for those who are not familiar with the concept is you concept is you make a list of all of your friends and family and you know good acquaintances and contacts and people who you think you might want to um, approach uh, with this opportunity. Well, here's the here's the fundamental problem with the list. The fundamental problem with the list is that when you go and start talking to uh when you go and start trying to talk to um the people on the list and start having them make their list, 80% of their list is the same people. Duh. <laughs> right? So so the, the problem is, it sounds good. Make your list. Oh, I've got 50 people to talk to. Until you realize that 40 of them, the person who's trying to sponsor you, already talked to. <laughs> because that's the nature of that's the nature of social networks. The people who are you know the people who are connected to you are pe- connected to the same people you're connected to. So this idea that the list is going to give you this huge jump start is, you know, another one of those really fallacious myths about about MLM. And, you know, I also, I'll tell you my, my um, well, I, I, let, let's let's uh, head to the break and, and I'll tell you, when we come back, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, I'll tell a story about my, uh, um, about my son having gone, my, my, my son and my nephew having gone to a convention and had, having had a very, very profound aha moment about, uh, about the list. 
All right, then. We'll talk to you in just a few minutes. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you've kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Dash Radio. This is Dawn Wright DeBronce and my co-host Peter Mingles with our special guest, Mr. Scott Allen. Peter. I'm here. Say something. I'm going to say something. Okay, so here's here's, here's the, uh, the, the direct sales guy, his spin on a lot of the stuff that Scott's saying. Um, uh, first of all, my background was more direct sales than relationship sales. So when I first got into it, my manager asked me to go show uh, 10 people in my family from, for the vacuum cleaners that I was selling, go show 10 people in my family, and then, um, you know, come back on Friday, on Monday. So the scheme was we did hiring on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They did in-office training on Thursday, in-office training on Friday, which was really just enough to um, – to kind of get the people bonded, if you will. Then they'd say, go out and show your family, because if you can't, here's the thing, if you can't sell your family, you can't sell. And really what would happen would be they were hoping that most people would come back on Monday with something I called pity sales. Mm-hmm. Pity sales was the sale, you know, you show your grandma, she wants to help you out, she buys. You show your mom, she wants to help you out, she buys. You know, you show a couple of those. So the manager would get the easy ones, the pity sales that I we used to call them. And by the way, there's whole industries that are worked on pity sales. Mm-hmm. Now, because I have an Italian family <laughs> that I have to live with forever, and my mom said to me, you better not, you better not show anybody. Otherwise, that's it, you're out. And if she was on the phone, she would use more words than I just used. When I, <laughs> I, said, I said to Joe, who was my branch manager, Joe, I know I have to show it to 10 people, but can I door knock my way into those 10 people? Do I have to show my relatives? Because my aunts and my uncles and my family members, see, they're going to be my aunts and my uncles and my family members after I'm done with this. And I don't want them to buy the product just because of my relationship with them. So I knew that was really dangerous because I saw the direction that they were going. And he says, listen, I don't care. Go out there and show 10 people. If they fog a mirror, they qualify. And I said, why do you say that if they fog a mirror? And I said to him, he said back to me, "Is you know, you're going to probably stink on your presentation anyway, so might as well get out the bugs, you know, that sort of thing. So I've learned in direct selling, and I guess there's a lot of parallels to direct selling and network marketing, mm-hmm. any way can work, and people are going to probably gravitate towards one way or another. So now I use the harsh term, the pity sales. 
because that was a product that's going to last for 20 years. It was kind of overpriced. It wasn't like something you smear on or maybe ingest or whatever. So I'm a little bit flexible on the relationships thing. Plus, on the relationship thing, there's a lot of business there, and a lot of people may really want to help you out. So the thing that I wanted to just mention, there's a lot of stuff that Scott says that here's what I would say as the direct sales manager. I would say you can do exactly everything and have it work, and then there's probably someone on the phone who's doing exactly the opposite and making just as much money or more. So then it's really figure out which style you want. Some people love making lists, and they're really good at it. Guys like me, I rejected it. But I just said, hey, listen, you can do it however you want. Just make sure you do it. You know, whatever your division, whatever your degree of separation would be relative to whatever rules you're going to make, just make it work. So you can do everything that we always say, and you could do exactly the opposite. And sometimes people challenge me for that. When I was running my own sales force, I would say, okay, here's the way we do it, and I'll show you that this works. And then how about tomorrow? I do it exactly the opposite, and I'll show you that it works too. And people were somewhat perplexed by how I could do it that way. I just learned a, I learned both ways to do it. And then I gravitated towards what was more frequent or more favorable for me. Now, let me come back to what Scott said about everybody's a prospect. So Scott says, you know, three-foot rule. I learned that when we were doing stuff because if you spoke to everyone, even if you were standing online at like Burger King, if they didn't like what you said, they moved out of the way and you got closer. So there was a, there was a, a benefit to the three-foot rule. You got closer to getting your food. Yeah. But the world has really changed. And here's what Scott said that I want to emphasize. They might not all be your prospect, but they could all be someone you have a relationship with. And I'm going to tie this into Kevin Bacon. So if you say to me, oh, geez, now I know Scott probably knows the reference I'm making already because he's, like, uber smart. Like, this guy is, like, genius kind of smart. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There we Mm -hmm. go. See, I told you. I told you. So, so, But for everybody else that doesn't know who Kevin Bacon is, Kevin Bacon, there's, there's a little thing that was done by a university that says everybody in acting is is less than six degrees away from Kevin Bacon one way or another. So what that really means is like we're all connected. So if you mention John Wayne, who probably died before Kevin Bacon was alive, which isn't true, but just for the exaggeration, some would say John Bacon. What does John Bacon have anything to do? Or John, John Wayne. Uh, John Wayne have anything to do with Kevin Bacon? And they'll say, well, you know, he was in a movie with somebody's mother who actually was a producer of whatever. So everybody is connected. And what I want to clean up what Scott had said, and because he already knows this, is that they may not be a prospect, but they're worth talking to because you never know who they know and the relationships that they probably have developed. And nothing is more true than in today's social media where people have quote-unquote friends all over the place, but lots of us touch more people than we've ever thought about if they're tied into it socially. So he said it. He didn't finish the Kevin Bacon story. I just always use the Kevin Bacon analogy because it kind of makes sense. So for anybody whose toes were curling when they said, you know, don't talk to everybody, he did say talk to everybody, but maybe not they're going to be your best prospect or a prospect at all. But I can guarantee you this, six degrees of separation from anyone you speak to could be somebody that changes your life positively or negatively if you let it. And if you don't think I said that about a hundred bazillion times. That's the sort of stuff that we live and we breathe. So you do the business the way you want to do it. 
Some people just are violently against lists. I'm a violently against list guy because I know that my family members, you know, my social people I'm going to be working with, and especially if it was something new and I was inexperienced, I'll go back to them later. Maybe not first, though. Now, Dawn, on the other hand, holy cow, we've seen whole entire empires built exclusively on lists. Lists and the three-foot rule. Yeah, That's like it. I when when I'm listening to Scott do that, I'm like, oh, God, if Bill Weber is listening to this to this show. Um, Bill Weber built a million dollar, a several million dollar empire um, on on the list and the three foot rule, and so I think that it just and 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 here's the thing, Scott's right about the fact that if you talk to everybody within three feet with the same pitch, you're going to alienate everybody. He's totally right about the the people that are within three feet of you. If we're always talking about the guy who. Anybody can get into MLM, which is the first thing about MLM that's not so great. So if we're referring to that guy who shouldn't be an MLM in the first place, he's going to alienate everyone within three feet of him, and, and his list is going to be burned, and, 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 and he's not going to be even invited to Thanksgiving dinner anymore, which is, I think, where you're going with this, right? It could be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bill Weber, if you're listening to this, we just did a full disclaimer on your behalf. <laughs> well, and so and here's, here's, Scott, here's to defend Scott, that, Scott already knows this. You just can't squeeze everything into an hour, you know? <laughs> well, here's, so here's the thing. So, you know, I'm going to um, call it like it is, right? And, and um, uh, my, my, my son and my nephew got involved in, in a company, and uh, – and you know my my ne- my nephew got involved first, and he did his list, and he got, you know, and he got several, pe- you know, he got a bunch of his family in as customers, uh, you know, and that was all well and good. So he got uh, promoted pretty quickly and started going to the conventions, and you know they brought him on stage at the national convention because he was you know 18 and had made, you know, had had made regional director or whatever it was, and and. You know all this kind of stuff, and I mean, he was just on cloud nine with this, and it was great. But then, you know, then what happened was he ran out of his list, and he's like, "Okay, well, you know, what do I do now?" And um, you know, none of his family members were working the opportunity. Um, you know, they were customers, and they were it was fine. They were you know staying as customers, but um, but one of the things that they noticed was when they went to these national conventions and they looked at. All of the people, every single one of the people who was on stage getting, you know, getting senior-level promotions, one of two things. They were either fairly clearly mid-career professionals. There were no 20-somethings. There were, you know, and actually even when you started looking at the bios of the people who, you know, who, uh, you know, and bios of his upline and everything else, you were seeing that they were all, you know, they all had been in business for a while. They all had, you know, all had business contacts. He's 18, hadn't even had, hadn't even had a job yet, okay? Um, <laughs> that's a totally different network than someone who's 40-something and, you know, and, and has held at least two or three major, you know, major jobs in their career. Um, so... You know that was part of it was that what and and this also comes to sort of one of the other lies is this idea of replication. Just do what I did and you'll be successful at it. Not necessarily because I'm not you. I don't know the same people. My network's not the same. The you know 
my socioeconomic background is not the same, so on and so forth. Well, anyway, the other thing, so I said I was going to tell it like it is. The other thing was that the other group, the other, everyone who was uh, younger, who would have been successful in it, was Hispanic. And it was, you know, and it was very simple. I mean, it was this, this, they have, you know, the, the Hispanic community in the U.S. has, um, you know, has, you know, larger than, you know, has tight-knit families and, uh, you know, and a very close, you know, close-knit cultural community. And, um, and you know, him coming from, you know, so from a, you know, a latchkey white Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, uh, suburban environment. It was like, you know, wow, I, you know, I, I hang out with my four family members, you know, a couple of times a month and that's it. And it just this, you know, this whole idea of this, you know, this, this extended community and stuff would just, it just, that wasn't the life that he's in. And, um, so, you know, so this idea that, that everybody can do it because, you know, you know, I did it, therefore, you know, what I did will work for you is just simply not true. It's like another kind of one of the great lies. Now, having said that, I love what someone, I forget who it was that said it at A&P. Someone said, you know, if you have someone who has been successful at something and they're willing to tell you their exact method for, do, that, you know, for their exact system for doing something, don't you know? Don't ignore them. Don't try to improve it and do your own thing. And I agree with that to start. I think you should always start with, you know, you should always try to start with what uh, you know. If you've got a successful sponsor, successful upline, try to start with what they've done. But you know, recognize that it's still not going to work for everybody. Okay, so. Is that uh, – hold on a second. Sorry, we have two minutes left before we go. So so let's just um, look at this for, for a quick second. You know, one of the things that I can say, having four or five 20-plus-year-old mentors in my, in my team and my family and my organization, um, you know, I can tell you that absolutely it's a completely different networking experience for a 20-something-year-old networker and a 40-year-old-something networker. And starting as a 20-some-odd-year-old networker and working my way up to being a 40-some-odd-year-old networker, I would never have any of the true skills that I have now had I not put in the time. So, you know, if you're a 20-something-year-old networker out there, you're going to have to do it differently, okay? Um, I would always talk to my bartenders and my and my waitresses and my waiters because they are born networkers, people who are out there every day making contact with other people and talking to them, okay? Those are the people in your 20s that you want to go talk to. You want to go talk to other people in their 20s who are born networkers, who love to talk to other people, you're not going to go ahead and look for this coworker or that coworker because all the other 20-year-old coworkers still think that they're going to get to their dreams by working a job. They don't realize what a 40-year-old person realizes, which is I'm going to do this for another 20 years and I'm going to retire broke. I need to do something right. different. You know? <laughs> right. So so that's where, you know, it it really is if you're 20-something and you actually caught this virus, this MLM bug, <laughs> Don't walk away discouraged from this. 
understand that you just need to look a different way at who you want to go ahead and do business with and find the people who love to, to network and talk to people and sell as their their bread and butter because the and those are the people in your bars and your restaurants. So that was just my little nugget of uh of I never walk into a bar or restaurant in network marketing and, and don't end up with some people that I'm doing business with when I leave. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> All right. A word from our sponsor. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And we are back with our guest, Scott Allen, and our last segment on what's not so great about MLM. So just to recap, anybody can do it. We don't actually have a quiz that makes sure that that person is actually going to be good at this before we let them in. (laughs) Number two is the three-foot rule. You can become um, banned from Thanksgiving and every other dinner and grocery store line in the world if you're obnoxious and don't pay attention (laughs) to how you relationship. Um, Wait, what was the third one? But you would move up online. Uh, But you would move up in line. That's right, because you'll chase everyone away. Um, Your list, your list is not only your list, but other people have the same list. So the list can actually go ahead and and not be as effective. You have to learn how to work a list and and write a list and and leave some of the right people off your list. (laughs) And so then they still invite you to Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. (laughs) And then uh, last but not least, you know, you got to learn how to build a network um, and don't just try to do it the way that the person who brought you on board did it because it might not be for you. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It means that their system isn't going to necessarily work for you. So um, find the person who's like you um, in your upline. Don't just try to blindly duplicate every every Joe who fell off the boat. Is that good? Yep. Good recap? That's okay. Good. And now back to Scott. <laughs> That's good. Well, one of so a um, couple more to to get in here. One of them is, uh, you know, one of them is about is the matter of the question of whether to lead with the product or lead with the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And this again comes kind of there, there's been for a long time in in network marketing there's been this idea of you know lead with the opportunity because uh, if you never present them with the opportunity then they never know about it and and um and and there's also there's also a lot of things there's a lot of companies that have comp plans that have sort of you know bonuses for you know fast start and all these kinds of things that that you know really encourage people to kind of get in right at the beginning um I'll tell you from you know both from my own experience and uh you know from my own experience the 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 ones that end up being, um, you know, the, the ones that are end up most likely to actually be successful in 
uh, you know, to, to be successful in the business are ones who um, have become a customer and love the product. Um, that's just flat out going to happen, uh, you know, time and time again uh, that you're going to see that. The other thing that, along with that is that um, this is the very point that is going to be getting people in trouble with the FTC uh, coming up because the matter of leading with the opportunity is uh, and promoting the opportunity first and then the product second is the number one thing that's creating issues with the FTC, um, you know, and and causing problems. So I think that, that we're going to, you know, we're going to inevitably see uh, a change in that um, coming up. That um, that you know you, you're really going to have to focus on. Um, on on retail customers first, and then converting them into, you know, converting them into uh, um, business owners or you know distributors uh, after the fact, after they fall in love with it. And I think companies are going to have to shift uh, their comp plans to go. You know, I think you're going to have to shift their comp plans to to match that. So um, hey, Pat, I, want to, I, I want to double back mm-hmm. on that because it kind of ties into a little bit earlier the stuff that you were talking about sharing. So when when there's a lot of people out there that are afraid of the word sales, because they might think that sales might be the kind of things that maybe I was describing a little bit earlier in direct sales, which sounded more like cavemen and beasts. You know, we went out and we killed the beast and we brought them back in, and if we did the right thing, then we were able to feast. So the scenario was is going to be is not a lot of people want to do those types of things. Um, so So therefore, they have to cover it up, and they have to use other words like we just share, and maybe by coincidence people will buy things. So I think if part of the challenges would also be that a lot of people don't realize that network marketing is really a subsection of direct sales, and there has to be people that aren't part of the compensation plan that are buying the product. So here's the litmus test. If people are buying the product only to qualify for a compensation plan, that's the stuff that the FTC really has a challenge with. Yes. So if you're if you want to look like a little check mark for those people that are listening looking or listening in if your product is developing retail sales that means I'm going to use slang people that are buying it regardless of the deal then you're in a better shape than a worse shape. Now there's a lot of controversy because this is the stuff we deal with all the time with the different consultants and attorneys and whatever and some guys stand up and say there's a clear mark in the sand. It's got to be 50% have to come from people not part of the deal. And other people say it's just got to be a reasonable amount. I don't think anybody has ever really settled into there's got to be a certain number although some critics might say it's definitely 50% or 70% or whatever it might be, the FTC, from what my observations have been, looks to see if there are retail sales and will definitely pick the companies that are the biggest um, first and the ones that have almost none as far as retail sales first as far as the ones that they're going to start picking on and doing investigations and maybe even closing them down. Or at least that's what they feel. So for all those people that are listening in, if you've ever heard someone say you just share it with others, you've got to throw up the BS flag every once in a while and say, wait a minute, Scott, if I'm going to share with you my lawnmower, means I let you use my lawnmower, Scott. If I say, Scott, <laughs> I want you to share my, you know, you want to share my lawnmower and then ask you for a credit card or a method of payment, we call that selling. <laughs> right. 
So right. for all those people out there that say, just share, that's like a soft word for saying, I'm really afraid of this sales word, so I have to kind of disguise it as being something that it's not. So in essence, I have to kind of tell you that there's no such thing. It's kind of like somebody telling you, go to the dentist, and it really doesn't hurt. You know, it's well, like, right. Let me, let me yeah. share something, not yes. sell something, but yes. actually share something right now about that concept, because I worked with somebody who said to me, the minute you tell people they don't have to sell, they run around bringing everyone on board, telling them, but you don't have to sell or recruit. And because they don't have to sell or recruit, they're so busy telling everyone that they don't have to sell or recruit that they're actually selling and recruiting. And it's because of the subconscious program that we, many of us have grown up with that salespeople are bad people, okay? And it's not because salespeople are actually bad people. It's because maybe your grandfather walked into the Sears and said, don't talk to anybody. They're going to try to sell us that TV. We don't need a new TV. And that damn salesperson. And we believed it because it was grandpa or it was dad. And so we automatically said salespeople are bad somewhere. And so we don't want to be bad, so we don't want to be a salesperson. When the 90, if anyone looks at the success of any company, there is no company until a sale has been made. So if we can go ahead and get past it is the big thing. You know, How do you get past that sales program of sales are bad, and how do you get people who are terrified of sales but will never truly see success in any other way unless they can get past the sales program. I mean, and I say that pretty confidently. I mean, as somebody who committed my life to network marketing because of the opportunity that it gives even the even the smallest person on the apple tree who has absolutely, you know, no money and no education and grew up with little to no skills in the form of big business or um, any extra talents or athletic abilities that will ever bring them to true affluence, okay? But they can find a network marketing company, and they can let that network marketing company develop all the products and the sales materials, and they can go ahead and hitch their wagon, and they can learn, and they can truly learn, and they can train, and they can eat and drink everything they need to eat and drink to build their muscle in how to present and how to recruit and how to sell and how to do what it is that that company requires you to do to earn and truly create abundance. So it's like, you know, it's a it's a really, really difficult industry if you're afraid of sales because you're going to do sales. And it, it is the, the word share is the is the word that people who are trying to get past your subconscious program so that you can succeed, right? I mean, guys, what other network, what what other industry is there where and and this is going back a little bit to last week and all of our agreement on the one thing that's great, the biggest thing that's great about MLM is that anybody can succeed at it if they do all the things that need to be done. Um, you know, how do you get past that sales program? so that people who can actually achieve something great in life can get past that fear. Because really, is there any other way to financial success besides winning the lottery, uh, an extreme uh, sports career, or you know, somebody dies in the company and you're next in line for the presidency, or you know, all of these things that you know, are just like a crapshoot, or sales? 
you know, what else is there if it's not sales? Do you guys have any, I mean, I know that I'm totally derailing the train, but is there anything else? Well, I mean, if you if you have some really special talent, you know, if you're a great singer or maybe a great dancer or a great rock star and you have a good but agent, sometimes that helps. you still have to helps. sell it. Yeah, but sometimes they sell it for you. So there's, there's it's not like sales is the only way, but for most people who aren't super-duper talented, right. uh, then the answer is if you're like a regular guy. Right. Then chances are learning sales is one thing. I, uh, or here's my self-serving thing. You ready? Uh-huh. Most people have never met a good salesman or saleswoman. Or know so, that they did. Right. Or, <laughs> right. Well, you know, trust me, you know when, when you do because usually – you don't share <laughs> products. You, you buy the product. Yeah, your credit card <laughs> came out of your pocket. So mm-hmm. the reality, though, is that as a sales trainer, I walk around and I see people, either the trained salespeople or say they're salespeople, and maybe a lot of people make their profession in sales, but they would be they would lose their license if they were doctors or chiropractors because they don't really study the profession. They may sell stuff, but they really don't understand selling. Because if you have a good salesman, then you have a good salesman. And unfortunately, most people haven't met a good salesman, or the the majority of them aren't very good because they don't study the profession. So that's why sales has a bad rep. And then if you let people who don't know how to sell, now sell network marketing, of course, network marketing is going to, by extension, have kind of a bad rap as well. So I'll I'll be quiet. And, Scott, back to you because you've got a couple minutes left before you bring us into the next thing. Well, the, yeah, there were, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there, there. Uh, gosh, just all these things wrong with the business. Why does anybody go into it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the, one of the, the, the last one I really wanted to, to touch on is um, the failure rate, um, and it is absolutely the number one thing that the critics of the industry will harp on is um, is the fact that you know. Ninety x, you know, however, whatever percentage of people never make any money in this business, or um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they decide to quote as their favorite failure rate, and uh, that is one thing we will absolutely talk about next week. Is we'll talk about uh, the how some of those things are completely misleading, um, you know, and we'll also look at the you know the reality of failure rates. Um, you know, I, I was stunned when I started finding out what the failure rates are, even on something you might not expect, like a McDonald's franchise. I mean, I was just floored when I found out how many, you know, even if something of a successful model like that um, actually end up failing. Um, so that's one of the things that, uh, that you, you know, you're going to have critics. We know you're going to have critics, but that's one of the places that they'll get you. And uh, And if you're not prepared to respond to it, uh, when people bring those up, there, I mean, the the numbers can look really bad uh, if you, you know, if you, um, you know, depending on how you look at them. But as they say, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. And uh, um, I'm going to, you know, present a way that uh, um, some people, you know, the critics will probably say I'm spinning it or being an apologist. I think it's a matter of just looking at it realistically. Even some things that. Uh, the direct, you know, the direct selling association has some answer to some of it. Uh, and on, uh, they've got a really good site called uh, Direct Selling 411 um, that has uh, um, some good info there. I'm going to go even deeper into some things that they don't cover and show why, um, you know, most of the things that the critics uh, point out just uh, really aren't as applicable as they like to make them out to be. All right. 
All right. We will be back next Monday to hear all about the solutions. And thank you so much, Axel. Will you spin our extra, please? Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows that happen every Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.